I was thinking about Mother's Day today and just praying about what to share with the moms, our awesome moms. And uh, we love them so much. My mom, uh, I like to say she is, but she's in heaven, but she is an awesome mom. She, uh, her story, you know her story, I've shared it before, but um, uh, just came out of just a, a very difficult upbringing um, uh, and came into motherhood unexpectedly, um, struggled with uh, a lot of circumstances that were against her. She found Christ, then my dad found Christ, and uh, she began to be a real woman of prayer. Often I'd find her downstairs in the kitchen uh, reading her Bible as we were coming down for breakfast early in the morning before school. And uh, so I really believe that it was our mom's prayers and a mother's prayer that really has power with God and God really, I think there's a special channel between heaven and earth that only moms can dial into with their prayers. Uh, that's just, I don't know how theologically correct that can be, but um, I think that the prayers of a mom are very meaningful and they're very dear to God because uh, they're very much, uh, very much, um, representative of the Holy Spirit's prayers who um, really represents the comfort and the um, love that a mom can give her, her family. And so I just thought, you know, we're on this series of spiritual warfare and um, I think it has so much to do with Mother's Day. And this may be kind of a message that you haven't heard before. It may be kind of a different kind of Mother's Day message but I really believe it's from the Lord as I was preparing for it. And so I want to read two verses, uh, two sets of verses. Uh, the first one is Genesis chapter three, verses 14 through 16. And I think Wes will have that on the screen if he did his homework. <laughs> and it says this, Genesis three, verses 14 through 16. It says, the Lord said to the serpent, and remember this is after the fall in the garden, the Lord said to the serpent, uh, Satan, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put I will put enmity between you and the woman. Sounds like a really inspiring Mother's Day message, doesn't it? <laughs> and between your offspring. But here's where it really gets amazing for moms. I will put, and this is God speaking to the serpent, cursing the serpent. Uh, right at the beginning, I will put enmity or division or a war or um, a, uh, a an enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring. The woman here speaking of uh, many, it could speaks of Eve and it also speaks of another woman that we're going to talk about later, between your offspring and her offspring. And listen, listen to these words. He and we know this is Jesus, shall bruise your head, Satan, and you will only, I'm just adding these words, you're going to only be able to bruise his heel. But, you, but, he, but, but he shall bruise your head. That's amazing, isn't it? Now let's just go to a New Testament commentary of what's happening here in Genesis 3. Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33. Luke 1, 30 through 33. And it says this, and this is the angel of the Lord speaking to Mary. Um, last night, Gosh and I just had this um, special time alone with Gosha's mom. 
And so we just read her scripture and we read her because she's Catholic. She's a beautiful believer. Um, precious woman uh, is just um, really seeking God, you know, God's and Jesus's face because she knows her time is short. And we read these, we read Luke chapter one to her about how Mary glorified and worshiped Jesus. And it said here, the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And I want you to think of that, moms. Do not be afraid and then put your name in there, Mary, Anthony, <laughs> or whoever, whatever, whatever your name is, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor or grace with God. And behold, in verse 31, you shall conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus Verse 32, and he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. It's amazing. That's the millennial reign. That is the kingdom of God manifested in, in the material world on the earth. And verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, ever, and ever. And all of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, what is this? How does this relate to Mother's Day? What does this mean? Um, how does it mean practically for us, for moms? And I just want to say three things here this morning that um, Mary's story is the Mary is the story of the gospel for moms. When you look at the life of Mary, you see the gospel, the grace of God all over um, mothers, um, the, the hope for mothers. The second thing is Mary, the mother who walked in faith, uh, and thirdly, Mary, a mother who knew how to overcome, who knew how, how to overcome. And so the first thing is, is when we look at Mary's life, we see the gospel for moms. Believe it or not, Mother's Day can really be difficult for moms. Um, Mother's Day can be a day of great encouragement for some women and a day of just great pain for others. For some, it's painful because they long to be moms and they're not yet. For others, it's because they may have lost children, both physically and emotionally. It hurts for moms knowing their families are not complete to this day. So moms, there are moms out there and maybe even in our midst that struggle with things that we don't know about. There's another set of moms that Mother's Day is hard for. These are the ones who feel that they aren't good enough. And maybe Mary shared a little bit about this, some of the things that moms struggle with. But these are kind. these are moms that don't feel that they're good enough. They're not doing a good enough job. They're the ones who feel like they aren't measuring up to a set of standards set for them. And these are not God's standards. They're their own standards uh, they, that they make by themselves or the mom culture that they live in. Moms, you live in a mom culture. And you see it when you're in your car waiting in line to pick up your kids from school. Uh, you see it at the games. Uh, you see it when you're going to functions for your kids, events with your kids. You see the culture. And it's very easy to compare yourself with that culture. And this is what some have called it mom guilt. Mom guilt is basically it's illegitimate guilt. It's And if you're struggling with this, just remember this. I want you to remember this. And, and we're going to get to Mary here in a second. But God... God is God is giving you a standard of faithfulness, not perfection. God is not asking you to be the perfect mom. God is just asking you to respond to the faithfulness of God in your life. 
And I think it's important that kids can see their mom as a human being and that sometimes she, she fails. But the, the most powerful thing is when kids see their mom rebound in the grace of God, and that makes God very real to them. I remember my mom being in those situations and seeing her as a human being, not a perfect person, but understanding the grace of God. And that really spoke to me a lot about the grace of God. And so as a mom, don't, I just wanted to say, don't aim to please people, but live for the Lord. Colossians 3, verse 23. It's not about pleasing people as a mom. Um, his standard is not that you be perfect, but you just trust the perfect one. Um, otherwise, you're going to live in an illegitimate guilt. Remember that your heavenly father is kind, forgiving, and he will exchange your mom guilt for a light burden in Matthew 11, verse 30. I think moms are incredible. They they are just incredible. I was thinking this morning, early this morning, I got I woke up, saw the sun rise here in, in Poland. It was very beautiful. And I just thought, I thought about all the great men in history, uh, like, um, like uh, Alexander the Great and other great men who had great women that stood behind them and they were their moms. And I was just thinking, isn't it cool? Like whenever you see a sports star or someone who is just very famous or very, very achieved or very, uh, very influential, there's a woman that gets to stand up behind him and say, I'm their mom. Isn't that cool? God loves moms and God is for moms. I just love this hymn. It's a modern hymn written by Sila. And I was just thinking of these words. When, whenever that guilt comes in, when mom guilt comes in, just remember these words. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and I see him there who made an end to all my sin. The second thing that Mary's life speaks to us about is about a woman, about a mom who walked in faith in very difficult surroundings. Mary had a very difficult circumstance that she was, I counted eight of them. I was looking through her life and I was, I counted eight major things that was, that, that was standing against her. And I think that many moms today can really, um, uh, identify with these. Number one, she was a young teen. She was young. She was probably very young, uh, legally engaged to be married to Joseph within the year. She had other plans. She didn't have plans to get pregnant. She had other plans. And then suddenly this happened. Her plans all went up out the window, it seems. Uh, number two, she lived in Nazareth. It was a small, poor town known for its lax religion and sympathetic to Roman oppressors. She basically lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, number three, she was poor, but she knew scripture. She was poor, but she knew scripture. Uh, number four, she was pregnant, not married yet, uh, and she was facing a risk of incredible shame, uh, possible divorce if her husband wouldn't understand what was happening, and even stoning the end of her life. This is what she was facing. Mary had to trust God for her. And this is interesting, too. Mary, this is number five. Mary had to trust God for her husband's situation, whose life became very complex because God was because of God's surprising sovereign plan. Mary had to raise a teen. This is number six. Mary had to raise a teen without a dad because after Luke 2, verse 51, we don't see Joseph around anymore. We don't know what happened to him. We assume that she had a young, she had young Jesus, and she had to raise him possibly without the presence of dad in the home. 
Uh, number seven, Mary had to surrender her son to God and to his ministry. Luke 2, verse 48. I remember when my mom had to surrender me and my brother to the Lord and to the ministry. And that wasn't hard. That wasn't easy for her. And she struggled with that at times. But I think that God gave her the grace to do it. And number eight, Mary had to watch her son lied about, conspired, conspired against, murdered, and then die. No mother should ever have to go through all of that. And yet Mary, the mother of Jesus here, the earthly mother of Jesus, went through all of that. She was a woman who walked in faith uh, and overcame very difficult surroundings. Um, I think that uh, moms need to be cherished and celebrated and, and loved, especially if you have, you know, if you, if your mom is still alive, I would say my mom's in heaven and, and my mother-in-law may be going to heaven very soon. I would say, treasure your mom, um, go out, out of your way to encourage her in her faith, build her up and discern her, um, her struggles in her and, and love her in the Lord and encourage her. Moms need to be encouraged. And then the third thing, I want to wrap this up. The third thing that we see about the life of Mary was not only was she a woman of faith overcoming, walking in very difficult situations, she knew how to overcome. And how did she emerge victorious? Like all of these eight things we talked about, how did she come out of all of that? You know, I know many of you in the room have great moms. I know Wes has got an amazing mom. I know Sean's got an amazing mom. I know that all of, all of you have just met most of your moms great moms, incredible women, incredible women. Wes's mom sends me birthday cards. <laughs> it's so cute. Mary was a mom who knew how to overcome. And she, and how did she do this? How did she overcome and cope and emerge victorious? Well, I think there's seven things. I want to just give them to you in the scriptures that we see in chapter one about, about Mary, Luke's narrative about Mary. She was a woman that lived in grace in God's eyes. It doesn't say that she just lived in grace. It says that she found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Think about that. When God looks at you as a mom, God is not judging you. He's not comparing you with the other other cool, awesome soccer moms that have everything together that have the latest, greatest fashions and coolness about them. God is looking at you. Uh, and maybe you're, a mom, maybe you're an odd mom because you have convictions about things that, that, that other moms don't have. And you kind of stick out. But God looks at you. Uh, with grace in his eyes. You are the apple of his eye, the little, the little woman that is in, G, in God's eye. That's what it means in the Hebrew, the little man in the eye of God. He is in, you are in his eye. And that's chapter one, Luke one, verse 28. Number two, Mary was a woman that received a rhema about becoming a mom. This is very interesting. Chapter one, verse 37 says this, that it said, Mary says this in the Greek. She says, um, let it be according to your rhema that you've just given to me for nothing is impossible for you. That's what it says in the Greek mom. She got a, she got a rhema about her motherhood. And I just want to say that motherhood, I'm not a mom. Uh, I, I, I can do my best. I can give you scripture, what the Bible says about this, but as a mother live in rhema, live in rhemas about your motherhood, hear from God. Listen to God. Let God speak to you about your kids, about your husband. Let God speak to you about the struggles, the needs that you have. Let God live in rhema about, um, as, about being a mom. Number three, she was a woman that knew how to worship God in strange circumstances. And this is chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And these are the verses that we read to Gosha's mom last night. And 
as we read this, these scriptures, verses 46 through 55, her mom's just her, her whole, uh, she just relaxed and she breathed easy. And then actually, as we were, she fell asleep as we reading the last few verses, uh, learn how to worship God in very strange circumstances when you don't have any answers from God. Um, I remember when my mom passed away and I've said this before, but when we, she passed away, none of us got to say goodbye to her. She was sudden. Uh, and I was the one who found her and on her desk was a little, was a little plastic thing that she had written and slid in like a plastic holder. And it said this, and it just really spoke to me volumes. I felt like it was God speaking to me and it said, can you trust me for the thing that I have allowed and not ask me why? That's what it was. Can you trust me for the thing that I've allowed? This is God speaking probably to my mom about something in the plan. Can you trust me for the thing that I've allowed and not ask me why? That is worshiping God in strange circumstances. And number four, Mary was a mom that treasured things in her heart. She had a treasure room in her heart. Every mom should have a treasure room, should have like a little room that is that is set apart in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, where Mary hid these things in her heart. It's a room that really nobody else goes into. It's, it's a, a room. It's a room of worship. It's a throne there. It's a place of worship. And every man, too, and every child, everyone should have this room. But Mary had this special room as a mother, and it was a room where treasures were, things that God spoke to her about, moments in the family, moments of victory, moments even of, of challenge and, and failure and, and discouragement. Let the treasure of God's, the treasures that you can only find as a mother in the dark times, it says in Isaiah 45, that there are there are treasures that God hides in darkness. And so have that treasure room as a mother, as, as Mary did in Luke 2, verse 19. Number five, she was a mom that followed her husband by faith when God spoke to him to move. That's Matthew 2, verse 13. Imagine this, Joseph. God speaks to Joseph. This is Joseph, this is what's going to happen. Um, he, he assured Joseph. He spoke to Joseph about the plan. And Joseph had to lead his wife. And there were times when my wife has, has had to follow me by faith to some interesting places. But God has always blessed her for that. And she was a mom that had to follow her husband, Joseph, by faith when God spoke to him to move. Wives, just follow your husbands. And if they're, not, if they're, if they're, if they're, if they're not right, if they're not hearing from God, and I say this from experience, if we're not hearing from God, just pray for us. And God will eventually get through to us. Because that's a lot easier than manipulation. Or speak to your husband. You don't have to speak to your husband. But she was a, a woman that followed her husband by faith. Number six, she was a mom that had a personal cross to bear. And she followed Jesus to the end. In Luke, in, in John 19, verse 26. Remember when Mary is standing at the foot of the cross and she's looking up. And she sees her son there. Uh, must have been an unbelievable sight. I can't even imagine a mother having to see this happen to her son. I don't know if any mother has ever experienced anything like that. See him crucified on the cross. That just must have been incredible. Beyond, that's off my screen. I can't even understand that. How did she even do that? That was a. She had a personal cross, and she followed Jesus. And moms, you have a personal cross, and follow Jesus. Follow him. Just follow him every day. Get up, get out of bed and follow Jesus. Meet Jesus in the morning. Number seven, and lastly, Mary was a mom 
that was used, and this is the point I want to make, and I want to close with this. This is very important. And if you remember one thing from this Mother's Day message, remember this. Mary was a mom that was used by God to crush the serpent's head through Jesus. Genesis 3, verse 15. Yes, moms experience a lot of victory in spiritual warfare. I think sometimes moms can look at their husband and say, oh, no, he's the awesome guy. He's in the front. He's doing it. He's leading the family. He's in the ministry. He's, he's making it happen. He's blowing it away. And I'm back home changing diapers and washing dishes. Can I tell you that God did not choose a man to do that? God chose a mom to bring his son into the world. That's amazing. And God used a mom to crush the serpent's head through Jesus. Mom, Mary didn't have to worry about trying to crush the serpent's head. God did that through her motherhood and through her obedience and her discipleship and her trusting the grace of God. And I just want to say to you moms, um, whatever you're facing today, and if your mom's not here, tell this to your mom. Whatever you're facing today, God's going to cause you to triumph. He causes us to triumph. Amen. He will cause us to triumph. That There's no weapon that's formed against you that will prosper. Oh, there's lots of weapons that are formed. Some of them are really scary looking, but none of them will prosper because greater is he that is in you, mom. And this is Colossians chapter one, verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you are moms. I like to look at it like this. Moms are pregnant with a, with Jesus inside of their spirit. And, and when they're in a tough very contradictory situation and they they surrender to christ and they yield to christ then christ is given birth into that situation and jesus comes into the situation with your marriage or with your kids or with your work or with the needs in the family or whatever is going on spiritually jesus comes into the set into the situation and he stomps on the serpent's head and he's done that once historically but he does that every day for, for you moms. And so I'm going to finish with that. You may be listening to this message and just looking at yourself and saying, I'm no mother of Jesus. I'm not a perfect mom. And I think every mom could say that. But you know something? Don't look at yourself. Look at Jesus Christ. Look at him because he's the conqueror and he's the lover of your soul. And you're going to see the faithfulness of Christ in every aspect of your life. And I'm just really trusting God for some great things for, for our moms. And it's just great to see your, your faces there. Thanks for your listening to me. And I really want to wish you a happy mother's day. Have fun with your kids. Bless your wife, bless your mom. And, um, and uh, that's it. Love you guys. And looking forward to getting home real soon. <laughs>